is the Big Church Podcast. Well, good morning, Big Church. How's everybody doing this morning? All three of you are doing good. How's everybody doing this morning? All right, all right, all right. Happy Labor Day weekend. Uh, everybody got, needs to go out and do some work today, right? Never, that's a bad joke. That was a bad one. I won't, do that. I won't do that second service. But it's so good to have you guys with us today. We are continuing our, our uh, series on asking for a friend. And it's been really good. The last, last week was, well, I preached last week. It was good last week, but it's going to get better and better. We have some surprises for you. Pastor Minnie's going to be next. And we have Brandon coming up in a couple of weeks. And so I'm just telling you, we have got something in, in special and in store for you today. But let me ask you a question today. Is it okay to like your own post on Facebook? I'm just asking for a friend. It is okay? Wow, because I've went, on to, I've went on to like mine a few times and think, I only get like 12 likes anyway. So unless I post my beautiful wife and the, the dog the other day, and I mean, I got like 60 or 70 likes. But, but you know, is, it's okay to like your own post on Facebook? No, I'm hearing no, yes. Okay, here we go. Is it okay to wear the same clothes three times on vacation? Asking for a friend, but let me just tell you, when we go on vacation, I wear the same outfit sometimes three or four times because nobody knows you there, and you usually go to a different place, right? So when it starts getting a little stinky, then I change, but, you know, I'm just asking for a friend, you know. But listen, all jokes aside, we do live kind of in, a dark, in dark times right now. There's racial division, there's political division, there's civil unrest everywhere we look. And we, we got to understand that this world's gotten very messy. And where, we ask the questions a lot of times, and it's okay to ask questions, but we ask the question about where is God? Why would God be a, allowing all this evil? And it seems like uh, evil is winning. And sometimes we even ask the question of who is God? And there's also other questions that we've asked, that, is there really a God? You know, maybe you've had those questions about your faith and you've been hesitant to ask and maybe you just thought if you asked the question, you would be judged or you would be looked down upon. And if people only knew you were wondering these questions, they might think something is wrong with you. But maybe you quit asking because you didn't get the answer that you needed or the answer that you wanted. A lot of times we quit asking the questions because, because it just didn't pan out for us the first time. But maybe we're afraid to ask the questions because we don't really want to know the answer. That's a big one right there. A lot of times we stop asking because we really don't want to know what the end result might be. Might have to change some things. Might have to do some things differently. But the title of my message today is this. How do I believe in a God that I can't see? Asking for a friend. Well, we have problems with unbelief. Why? Because we live in a very skeptical world. We live in a very cynical world. And few people tell the truth, and fewer people expect the truth to even be told, right? Uh, You know what? It's hard to believe anything unless it's staring us right in the face most of the time. We love things that we can hold and and that are very tangible. Another problem with belief is this. Peer pressure can be the big problem in believing in God. There are a lot of people who are out there who are very vocal about their unbelief in God. 
We live in a world right now that wants to discard God and put him on the sideline. And, and you, we have people, we have our friends and our colleagues and our families and, and scientists. And little, listen, most of the media and the colleges these days are teaching really anti-God things right now. There's a lot of people out there who are very vocal about this. And it can be very difficult to stand for what you believe in right now. It's very difficult to say what you believe and what you, because there's always has someone who's telling you it's wrong or they don't agree. We live in a world right now, if you don't agree with someone, you hate someone. Oh, let me go on. Here we go. It can be very difficult to stand for what you believe in, but another problem can be that we lead very busy lives. This is the one that gets all of us Christians right here. Listen, we don't want to take the time to investigate you know, it's like we go out and buy something for uh, that we want you know, something. Be, we go out and buy something, right? Because somebody told us to buy it, because somebody recommended it, a friend or or someone out there recommended us to do it. We don't take the time to actually investigate it and try it out ourselves. Trying or thinking something new, I ain't got time for that because I'm so used to what I always do. I don't want to step out of what I know. But listen to me, it can be like that with God. We can just go through the motions. We can be go how we were brought up and, and what our friends believe and, and what culture says and what authorities say. We can get who our vision of God is by everybody else, by, but instead of investigating for ourselves. It's easier to go, th- go with the flow, right? Well, let's talk about doubt. How do you overcome your doubts? It's sometimes hard to believe because we can't see God, right? You can't physically see God. It doesn't feel like he's always there, too. But I'm going to tell you a story this morning about the most famous doubter in the Bible, and his name is Thomas. Here we go. I'm trying to quit that. John 20, 24. I did count my here here we goes last week, and, uh, and I won't say, I said it nine times. So I'm really trying to stop myself from saying that, so... Let's go forward. <laughs> John 20, 24 says this. Now Thomas, called the twin, one of the 12, was not with them when Jesus came, when he appeared. Here's what's happened. Jesus has died, and he's come back, and he's shown himself to people. But Thomas, at the time when he, when he was appeared to the disciples, was not with them. So verse 25. The other disciples therefore said to him, they're talking to Thomas, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see his hands and unless I see the print on his nails and put my finger into the print of his nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. We like everything to be tangible. We like everything to be real, right? We understand that you may not have problems believing in God. You can't see, but we all have problems. We don't have problems believing in other things that we don't see, right? Gravity's real, right? Came back down. But we don't see gravity, do we? The wind is real. But have you ever seen the wind physically? No. You have seen what the effects of hurricanes and tornadoes can do, but you've never physically seen the wind. You've heard it. You've felt it. So although you've not seen these things, they do exist. There are many things that we can't see with our physical eyes, but nonetheless, they are there. Look at, let's look at verse 26. And after eight days... His disciples again were inside, with, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, and the doors being shut, he stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here, and look at my hands, and reach your hand here, and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believe. 
He came to Thomas in his darkest moment because Thomas thought God, Jesus was dead. He came in his darkest times in sorrow when he, was, when he was hopeless and he was doubted, but Jesus appeared to Thomas. Jesus had every right and every reason to leave Thomas in his unbelief. He had every right to say, okay, you don't believe in me? Sorry, just uh, peace out. But in his great love, he would not leave him where he was at. God has a great love for you. No matter how many times you've doubted him, you've turned your back on him, you've went the other direction, God never gives up on you. He met him exactly where he was. He even went so far as to show him the very thing that he needed to see. Let me encourage you on something today. No matter the circumstances, no matter the situations, no matter the trial, no matter even the doubt, he will always make an appearance for you and he will always show up for you. Jesus has nothing. He has nothing, nothing to hide. He has nothing to cover up. He has nothing to evade or avoid. Most leaders will only show you their achievements. Most leaders will only show you their highlight reels. But those, let me tell you what, when, when you're not willing to be vulnerable, Jesus said, I'm going to show you the thing that you need to see. If you are not going to be a vulnerable leader, all you are is a performer. Jesus shows him his scars, and his scars were necessary because sometimes the Bible says signs are for of the unbeliever. But he was willing to be vulnerable. Being authentic and real is more value, valuable than being perfect. As I said last week, you're not in a perfect church, and you're not, you don't have a perfect pastor up here either. His invitation to all doubters is the same as to Thomas. Investigate it for yourself. Don't go by what everybody else tells you. Don't go by what the media says. Don't go by what the college is teaching you. Investigate it for yourself. Test the evidence. You know how you test the evidence? You test the evidence in your own life. What's God done? What's he changed in your life? When you look back, are you, are you where you used to be? No, you're not. God has pulled you. So there's the evidence of God being real in your life. And you can test the evidence in someone else's life too. Let's look at verse 28. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God, his eyes were open. When he walks into the room, everything changes. When he walked into that room and he saw the things that he needed to see, everything changed in Thomas's life. Not only had Thomas's physical eyes open, but his spiritual eyes were open too now. Verse 29, he said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me and you have believed, blessed are those who have not seen me, blessed are you all, and not seen me and yet have believed. He was called, God has called us to walk by faith and not by sight. You might look at me and say, what is faith? Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. It says, now faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is something that you believe in even though you can't see it. Sometimes you just have to believe it. I know God changed my life. And it shows up on the outside. He's still working on me though a little bit, y'all. Anybody out? Don't you clap up here on the. But I have faith that God is alive and He's well. Faith calls us to follow even when we can't see it, even when we can't understand it. How do I erase doubt and faith, though, Pastor? Good. I'm glad you asked that question. I mean, I believe in God, but I don't understand how to have that relationship with Him. How can I love Him if I can't even see Him or, or hear Him or even feel Him sometimes? 
Here's the key to that. We have to get to know God, not about God. We know a lot about God. I grew up my whole life knowing about God. I could tell you every Bible story, and and I could go through this and tell you the books of the Bible. But until I got older, I never had a relationship with him and knowing that, that he was a real, tangible person, that the Holy Spirit was alive and well. Sometimes, let me give you the definition of know. It means to be aware of. But it's much deeper than that. It means to be acquainted with or familiar with or close with. You, go, you, you can know, I can know your name but not know you. You have to have an experience with. And listen, it's not just information, it's transformation. It's not just what you got up here, it's what God does in your heart. He transforms you. And you have to develop a relationship. How do you do that? Talk to my dad this week. Let me roll off. My uncle passed away last week or a couple weeks ago. And he was 80 years old. And my dad had witnessed to him and he was so hard. He didn't want to have nothing to do with God. I remember them getting arguments all the time. I don't want to hear that stuff. I don't want to hear that expletive. But do you know that his daughter came in to the room. He was on his deathbed. And she said, Dad, you know that you need to make your things right with God. 80-year-old man looked up at her and he said, How? 80 years old, how do I do that? And you know what? I got, I got news for you. He accepted Jesus Christ on his deathbed. And listen, that is how far God's grace goes. Listen, he, 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 I'm so glad he doesn't give up on us. I'm so glad that it took 80 years of hardness and, and, and not wanting to have the gospel and God still had the grace on him. That is what our God is. But you develop the relationship through prayer. I'm going to tell you about praying. Pray often, not perfect. You don't have to have the most eloquent prayer life. You don't have to be able to know the King James versions, the this is and the thou's and these. And, and, and I've heard people pray before and go, oh my gosh, I wish I could pray like them. No, God says, I want you to have a conversation with me. And I want you to have a conversation with me often. Prayer is not something that's occasional, it's often. How do you do that? You go through the word. When we struggle with our faith, remember, God instructs us how to believe in him. Listen to Romans 10, 17. He says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You have to be able to open up that Bible. Can I just tell you, the Bible will change your life. And I have so many people saying, oh, I don't know how to, I don't understand that. I can't get it. They have umpteen versions of it now. There's no, you have it on your phone, you have it on your iPad. There is no excuse now not to read the Word. And I'm telling you, if you just read the Word to be reading it, but if you read the Word for it to transform your life, it will transform your life. You've got to be around a community of believers also. It's so good to be in the house. You you need to be in the house, even if it's just one day a week, because there's something about when you get with other people who are of like faith with you, it changes the way your week goes. But when you develop a relationship, this is where doubt begins to fade. This is where faith starts to rise. And this is where purpose is birthed. Let me tell you about Doubting Thomas. He went on to be an ambassador of Jesus in India. And at his death, you know how he died? Thomas was run through with a spear. Isn't that pretty ironic? 
It was an ironic to want to be pierced because he had to see Jesus' piercings before he would believe. That was crazy. I read that in history. I was like, wow. But here's what had happened. He had an experience. He had seen Jesus, and he was willing to give up his life. You can never talk anyone out of it if they've experienced it. You try to talk someone out of their salvation if they've had an encounter with God. You can't. God is looking for encounters for us to be that way also. Do you have doubts? Well, let me just tell you. Let me, let me help you out here. Do, keep doing the best you know right where you are. So many times we try to get ahead, but just try, to, try to be the, re, the best you you can be right now. I'm telling you this right now. Stay faithful. Keep trusting, keep following, keep serving, keep praying. God will reveal himself to you, and he will show himself to you to be alive. How? He shows you himself to be alive through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Let's look at John 14, 6. And he said to him, everybody should know this verse, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let me just tell you what Jesus said. Jesus is the access to get to know who God is. Jesus broke down all of the barriers. He broke down all of the lies. He broke down all the misconceptions. He broke down condemnation. He broke down making you, that you feel worthless and hurt. Everything that the enemy has done to you in your life, Jesus undid it at the cross. He crushed, the, he crushed sin at the cross. There is no other way but through Jesus. I'm going to ask you all to stand with me for a moment. What have you been searching for? Maybe you've been searching for meaning. Maybe you've been searching for happiness. Maybe you've been searching for stability or purpose. And you've been searching for all that stuff and you still feel empty inside. Feel like you've had the job and you've had the fun times. You've had that, but yet you still feel like you're, you're missing something. If you want to fill that place up, start searching for the one that can really fulfill you. Everything else is fleeting. The job can go away. The fun and the friends can all go. But when you get to know and you search who God is, He can fulfill you. But you say, how do I believe in a God that I can't see, Pastor Rich? Keep searching. Don't give up on the first time. Don't give up on the second time or the third or fourth because God didn't give up on you. You may be sitting here today going, you know what? I don't really feel worthy of this. I don't, I don't know that this is if God really even loves me anymore. Let me tell you something. He loves you more than you know. So keep on searching for Him. God is calling you to know Him. And let me just tell you this. He's not far away. He's never too busy. He knows you. And He wants you to know Him. Do you know He knows everything about you? You know, ooh, that's scary sometimes, ain't it? He knows your sitting downs and your getting ups and whatever you're thinking. God knows all of these things. And He wants you to search and find out who He is. So as we pray, I mean, these altars are going to be open. There are going to be people up on the right and the left up here to pray with you if you need prayer. 
And they're going to go into a little time of worship here in just a moment. To, and this could be your time to be free. This could be the time to come down and say, God, the last two weeks we've had some awesome times around these altars. And there's something different when you step out and you make that decision to come and say, God, I'm coming in front of everyone. I want, I want to know who you are. So I invite you to come and meet the Father. But if you would, please pray this prayer with me. Say, Father God, I come to you today admitting that I sometimes doubt. Help my unbelief and give me faith. I have sinned, but I do believe that Jesus is the answer. Father, we thank you so much. God, do something big around this altar right now. God, I pray that whoever came in here one way, let them leave the other. And Jesus, we just come to you. Holy Spirit, we open up and we give you access to this service. It's not just a song, God, right now. This is a, a time that lives can be changed. Father, we come to you and we say thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church podcast.